Thanks for tuning in to Small Big Wings, a window to the world of young, ambitious problem solvers. They are makers, designers, builders, hackers, scientists who heard their inner voice and amplified it. To learn more about our guest and to view the highlights of this episode, head on over to fbw.hvj.coach. Our guest today is Kevin Ryu. Kevin started playing video games when he was five. By the time he was 17, he built a career as a world champion gamer. Playing games all day inspired his academic pursuits, and he decided to study computer sciences at the University of Washington. His 10-year professional gaming career, which he gave a stop in 2015 when he was 25, can be called nothing short of illustrious. At 14, he was playing Warcraft 3, a real-time strategy game. He got very good on the game's player ranking page, and professional teams started to reach him out. At 16, he played another game named Dawn of War, Warhammer 40k, and he was a two-time WCG or World Cyber Games champion reaching the pinnacle of eSports and gaining entry into the World Cyber Games Hall of Fame. At 21, he traveled the world as a StarCraft II professional gamer as a member of the gaming team Dignitas, which gave him far and wide recognition in the professional gaming world. During his last year as a computer science student at University of Washington, sometime in October 2019, Kevin tweeted that he was looking for an internship. This tweet caught the attention of none other than Shopify CEO, Toby Lutke, who looking at his tweet, offered him a place at the Canadian e-commerce company on the spot. Toby tweeted back as follows, your StarCraft accomplishments are enough of a CV. Happy to hire you into the Shopify intern program. Wow, that's some way of getting hired. But behind this is 10 years of serious gaming. Welcome to the Small Big Wins podcast, Kevin. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I'm so excited to do it with you. This is a very unique podcast because uh, I don't think my audience has ever heard to a professional real-time strategy gamer. And in general, people don't know much about them. So my first question to you today is that why is StarCraft called a strategy game? Why is it called StarCraft 2 is a strategy game, real-time strategy game is because um, the game requires strategy. So you start with the base and you have some amount of workers and uh, near your base, you have resources you have to mine. So you, you mine resources with your workers and as you collect the resources, they, they have uh, two resources, one called minerals and one called gas. So it's up to you to do anything with it. So you have to make a strategy that you can beat your opponent. You, you, like if you have better strategy, you're eventually gonna win. But it's not only that, it's, it's also real time because 
you're not just building units and just building buildings. You also have to control and attack with your um, units that you built, with your armies. So yeah, that's why it says uh, it is called real time strategy. Right, and mm. and why is it that someone of the stature and fame and success of Chobi Lutke thinks that the StarCraft two accomplishments are bigger than any other accomplishments on the CV? I was actually shocked too, but I think he used to play also StarCraft, right? So he knows how hard the game is and how hard to win a tournament as a professional player. Like the amount of effort you need to put it in and then the amount of stress you have. So I think he understands that and I think he knows that it is um, as hard as become a best sports player. So, yeah, I think that's why. Right. For people like me who come from manufacturing industry, it is mm-hmm. a completely different way of looking at the world and making an assessment of people. I never thought ever that someone who could be e-gaming could be just hired because of those skills into an organization. I think this is a great uh, revelation to me. And that is why I was so interested in uh, talking to you. Yeah, I think it's not just on that reason. I think he knows that if someone actually wins a world championship, then that someone has a good mindset. Like he knows how to put an effort and then he knows what to do, right? Right. So without that uh, mindset, like someone wouldn't be able to become a champion. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Porter is known as the originator and the guru of strategy. And I think guys like you, with your passion and interest in e-gaming and the advent of real-time strategy games, I think you are serious competition to strategy professors all around the world and strategy students coming out from strong and high pedestal business schools. So, Kevin, what got you hooked on to video games? Uh, well, I'm not really sure. I started computer games when I was about four years old. And that was about 27 years ago. Fortunately, I had an Intel 8386 computer, the old, really, really old computer in my house. And my dad installed me a game called Bubble Bubble. Since then, I really, really liked the computer games. I was actually a very troublemaker when I was young. (laughs) Young, I mean between elementary school to middle school. I often skipped group studies and piano lessons. I used to play piano. I skipped piano lessons to just play video games with my friends. Then when I got caught by my parents, I was scolded. (laughs) However, I did not stop because I, I loved playing video games. So in elementary school, I actually played um, StarCraft 1, not just normal maps, the infinite resources map called Ice Hunter. I think the the people who play StarCraft, they know about it. That's when I first knew and I got interested in StarCraft 1. However, StarCraft wasn't the first game I played. I actually debuted with the first game I got good and uh, I, I actually got to professional level was Warcraft 3. Then I played um, Dawn of War, Warhammer 40k, 
and I won WCG twice with it. So finally, to answer the question, uh, what got me hooked to video games and then StarCraft, the video games had always so fun to me. I couldn't resist getting addicted to it. So I, I just played it because I loved it. Then when the StarCraft 2 came out, which is a game I got really famous with, I again got addicted to it. And as I played more, my ranking was going up and eventually ranked first in US server within about three months after the game released. So yeah, that's how I got into StarCraft 2. Oh, that's exciting. And, uh, and when you said you faced initial resistance from your parents, how did you overcome that? I think it's a different situation when a child is playing chess, mm -hmm. a game like chess, or when, for example, he's learning piano and the parents are very proud of that. And if he starts right. developing in chess or say piano, they are promoting him or her and asking them to do more. But with video games, unfortunately, I think that is not the situation. Maybe now it's starting to change, but definitely I think in countries like India, I don't see that situation even now. But what was the case with your parents and you? Eventually, how did they reconcile to the fact that they have to leave you alone in this? Yeah, definitely. At that time, computer games were not viewed as one of the jobs. Rather, it was just viewed as a hobby or like some of the parents would just think it's a waste of time. Why do you play it? I think it is because at that time, the gaming industry was really, really small, right? It was just growing up. And as a parents, they know you, we couldn't live off of the money you make with it because there was not enough um, competition or like uh, any other sponsors. So yeah, at least in my generation, Korean parents, they had a fixed idea of only a bad students play computer games. So yeah, I, I tried to persuade them that the computer games was not as bad as they think, but um, I actually couldn't persuade them. I couldn't turn them to my side. So I don't know I, I, if they gave, gave me up or uh, <laughs> if they gave me a chance. But yeah, as, as I started traveling and making money and then um, showing them a research, that I can actually do it. I think that's when they started to believe me and then just um, left me alone. One of the main reasons they changed is because we immigrated to America, right? When we got to this country, I think they, that's when they started to change. They were more free and then they were more relaxed. And then later, they, after I quit professional gaming, they said, maybe I could have done better if they supported me from the beginning, but eh, that's fine. <laughs> oh, so they did tell you when you quit professional gaming that they would have been much happier if they supported you right from the stage, stage zero. Yeah, we both agree to that. <laughs> that's, that's so nice of them. I think that was a nice acknowledgement of all the efforts which you had put in. Mm -hmm. And at what age did you migrate to America? I think that, that was um, between 2005 and six. Okay. So I was living in the uh, United States and going to the high school in 2006. And then I went to Singapore 
for the WCG 2006 competition. So yeah, that's about, wow, that's about already uh, 14 years. So Kevin, that was about your parents, but what about your school teachers? What about your friends? Were you looked at differently? I don't, I don't know about teachers. I, I don't think they knew I was a professional gamer or anything. Uh, but my friends, uh, they loved it. They always wanted to play with me. They wanted to go to PC cafe with me. So yeah, I, I was a um, famous student back in my middle school and, uh, and high school. Like my, yeah, they loved me. <laughs> How do video games help you to grow your intellect? Well, I believe computer games are actually a good way to train your brain. You probably use the brain more than when you are studying. I, I think so. These days, all video games are competition, right? You play against others. You don't just play against a bot. Like back 20 years, 20 years ago, when we, we didn't have this fast internet speed, so you had to just play game against the computer. That was not fun. So in order to beat others, you have to be faster in reaction, smarter in thinking, building strategy, and you have to also be uh, physically stronger than others so you can um, practice more. So going back to answer the question, because of those uh, reasons, in order to win in video games, you have to think every uh, millisecond, every second, when you play games, right? That means you have to use your brain, you keep training, right? If you don't win, the game is not fun. So when I had to prepare for the match, I first studied my opponent and prepared the strategy to use. And also plan, I also have to uh, prepare for plan B and C in case something goes wrong. So there are so many things you need to think keep thinking when you play games and from that i actually got a good ha habit of preparing for possible edge cases so i think all, all these things are good it, it is helpful to grow one's intellect right yeah and kevin how did you study about the opponent um so in starcraft uh, when you play um against other the the there's an option to save the replay so when you watch the replay, you can see um, what they are doing. So you can, you can uh, analyze why you lose. So you can uh, learn from it. So that's um, yeah, how I started my opponent. So I gather the replay that I played against him or him playing against some, some other players. And I can study what he's doing, what, what is his habit, what he does a lot. And then you can build a counter strategy from that. And with StarCraft under your belt, how are you different as a person? What has StarCraft taught you? I become a very sensitive and serious person. <laughs> like I would never want to get disturbed with any reason when I'm in game. I think it's because StarCraft used to be my job. So no mercy. <laughs> StarCraft did not only teach me how to think about the edge cases, it also taught me the importance of diversity and how to communicate better with people. I was able to learn it because I met a lot of people from different countries and I had to interact with them 
all the time. Also, I did live streaming on Twitch. So I always had to communicate with my fans and uh, viewers through the chat. So yeah, for example, in like any game, if you play a game on different server, I mean, I'm talking about the diversity. If you play a game on different servers, such as US, Asia, or Europe, the game play style is so different, even though we are playing the same game. I think it is because we have different culture and the culture actually builds people's way of thinking differently. Yeah, this all of things was a um, great experience to me. And Kevin, when you were live streaming, how many people were actually live with you? Right. Uh, at the peak, I had about um, 7,000 people watching on live streaming. I couldn't interact with all of them. Like every after the game, I pick uh, like a most interesting or reasonable questions and I answer them. Yeah, it was fun. And what were some of the most interesting questions which you have got and how have you answered them? When I win the game in a tournament, I go like with a shock face. I say sub-son. So I, I called everyone my son, every people my son. So they were like trying to, they were saying that <laughs> because like, I called them son. If I have yes. seen that sub-son is your uh, insignia after winning a game. Yeah, so yeah, one of the questions, they, they were like, could you be my dad? And Kevin, I think Korea embraces real-time strategy games like no other country does. Right. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Koreans are um, really, really good at a real-time strategy game than other countries. Yeah. So what is the origin of that? Why is that? They are not only good at real-time strategy, they are also good at FPS games, the shooting games, like, for example, Overwatch. They're, the reason why Koreans are good at gaming is because the, the way they practice is different than the other countries, players. They are also, they are more serious in game. They, they, I don't think they just enjoy the game. They, they want to win. You know, I, I think that that is why, yeah. Does that give uh, some kind of an edge to you as a country or to you as people? Back then, there were some of the foreign uh, players from Europe and America. They came to Korea, living in Korea for practicing. They actually got a lot better. So it's not just like Korean blood gives you advantage. They're just born to it. They're just good at it. That is not true. I think it's I think it's um, environment where you and who you play with, who you practice with, then you can be as good as them. You, yeah, I think so. I think what you are referring to is that the culture of e-gaming, which have developed in the country, is really big. Yeah. Also, like. Playing game is easy, right? You, you don't have to spend money. You just sit in, sit on the computer. <laughs> you don't have to go out. You don't have to spend money. Like, that's why Koreans are better because more people choose playing game as, as their hobby. And uh, Kevin, a lot of these games, even the StarCraft 2 game, it involves a certain 
kind of violence. I don't think violence in video games actually influences real life temperament. If they did, then we could also say movies. Movies do the same, right? But uh-huh. no one says that. I think the people who don't have uh, a man, man, uh, mental problem, mental disease, can actually distinguish between games and real life, just like they distinguish between movies and real life, right? Sometimes it might look like it could affect people's temperament. For example, they might be really sensitive when they just lost a game. I mean, if one has a higher, high desire for winning, they could be sad or mad right after they lose, right? But there is only the moment and it will not not turn them to have temper issue. So yeah, I don't think so. I also be really sad or mad when I lose a game, but you know, I, I'm pretty sure I don't have any um, issue with it. I don't, I don't think video games actually turned me into violent person uh, or anything. So yeah, I don't think uh, it actually influences real life. How have the e-gaming scenario changed? I started professionally in 2005. I think it's a lot more bigger. The, the gaming industry is so much bigger than back then. Back then, uh, the price for first place was $25,000. But right now, it's maybe, I don't know, 100K. But more than that, uh, before then, there was not enough sponsors. Like the contract I got was nothing, zero money. Just they support me uh, to play on their house. PC cafe and then they were just providing me the food and there was also the food was not enough so I had to spend my money but then when I got better contract I got paid $200 a month right and then later in when I talk about in my Starcraft 2 I got enough money to uh, buy my food and then maybe rent uh, my own place But then nowadays, it's just totally different story. They are treated as good as actual sports player. Not, I mean, not as good as sports player, but a lot, a lot better than before. Okay. But then nowadays, I don't know. It's like I, I'm pretty sure some of the really famous players, they get a million dollars a year. So it's huge difference, right? So yeah. Nowadays, like pro gaming is actually a good choice if you're um, good enough to good enough. And if you think you can be the best, just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, if you are if you're good enough and you work hard, you should go for it and then tweet out mm-hmm. and someone like Tobi Lutke should hire you then. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> if you if you become the professional gamer you don't even have to tweet like they the, the pro teams approach it to you they they see you playing game they they see you on stream they see you on the tournament like they're desperate to have you yeah 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 fantastic so do you think there is now much more acceptability of uh, the society and for parents to let children 
play and develop with video games? Maybe nowadays, yeah. If if the parents are in my age, they will understand and they might support them. But in US, I think the parents are more free. They they allow more. And Europe, I don't know much about Europe, but I I feel like Europe is even more free and they they love uh, games and Europeans are really good at gaming too. I mean, if you ask me if I had a child, if my um, kids wants to play, uh, wants to be a professional gamer, would, would I allow it? Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would support them until I die. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they can do it. Yeah. And I know I can be a good um, supporter. And did you ever have any kind of mental pressures before a game? Yeah, a lot of time. I mean, how how did you cope up with that? I think fear is also mental stress, right? Right. So just, I didn't have any other choice other than um, just practice more. And like, if if I practice more and more and more, and then if I if my uh, results get better, like if I start to, let's say I practice one of my teammates who usually beat me a lot and then if i practice more keep playing against him if i if my win rate goes up then then i become more confident right going into the match so i usually practice with someone who usually beat me and try to um, beat them and gain some confidence but that doesn't always work because sometimes i just keep losing to him no matter how many more games i play so if today, if a group of youngsters were going out for e-gaming into a tournament and they came to you for advice, of course, you would tell them to practice. But what else would you tell them? What kind of state of mind should they have? I will just tell them it's not the only chance, right? If, even, even if you lose, you have another chance. So just don't be scared. Just I would say just think your opponent as someone you always beat. So just play confident and do not get fear. Do not stress too much. Just be yourself. Play play your style. Yeah, I would say that. Then I think I think it's gonna help them because that's what I that's what I needed. Like when I was going into the game against. I, I remember reading something long time back, Kevin, and it was a quotation. I don't know who said this, but it said, half of the game is 90% mental. Half of the game is uh, 90% mental? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see how the math works over there. <laughs> yeah. Like, if your mental is good, in a, if your mental is in a good, good state, then you can focus better for sure. But if you're getting fear, if you're stressed, like you cannot concentrate too much into the game. So you're making mistake. You keep forgetting what you are going to do and stuff like that. Yeah. Kevin, I agree. Yeah. Kevin, in 2015, when you left professional gaming and your parents came and told you that it has been good and they realized how you could have done much better had they supported you? Yeah, some some way I agree to that because, yeah, if they supported me, then I would have 
freely play without worrying about getting scolded by them, right? Without wasting my time to the other things that I was not interested in. But I think it actually maybe went better because um, I was able to be here right now in US um, studying for computer science. If, um, if my parents actually supported me for gaming, then I think I would be living in Korea. Maybe, maybe I could have gotten better accomplishment in um, gaming, but I don't think I would have studied computer science if I was living in Korea. So, yeah, if I look back, I think the consequences, the result was better right now. Yes. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, when children, teens, when they are playing video games, you are using a lot of your eyes looking at screens and you are sitting in one position for a very, very long time. Right. How did you come over this? I think all parents are concerned about the physical problems that could happen because of this. I don't think looking at screen, screen too much will make your eye worse because I have really, really good eye. I, I recently visited eye doctor. I got uh, 1.5 uh, both of my eye. Great. Which is like, yeah, one below the best. 2.0 is the best, right? Okay. So I don't think it, it affects much. I think eye is just DNA, like it's your gene. But your posture and bones, they actually affect a lot because you keep leaning toward your screen. So your backbone, like it, it goes curved, right? And for people who have really bad posture, it can cause a problem. I think it is really important for you to just yeah be good posture when you play game so later you don't regret anything right i really want to fix my posture to be like straight but it's hard <laughs> maybe standing up for five five minutes for every hour or something also i think investing some good money on your chair and desk is uh, also a good option kevin why did you decide to do computer science oh Every time I play computer, like uh, computer games, I interact with computer, right? I always, I was always wondering like how all this thing works behind the screen. Actually, I was more interested in hardware. I liked, uh, liked building computers. I liked um, like looking what's new technology and stuff like that. So. When I was uh, in middle school, high school, like none of the people are around me knew about the hardware. So I often uh, advise them, uh, you should change your graphic card, then you can play better. It's gonna give you more FPS and stuff like that. Yeah, so, and then I realized that the software engineering is really hot. And I was also interested in software. I decided to study computer science and started uh, my um, studying in, um, in community college first. And then I transferred to you know, University of Washington for a computer science major when I was junior. Yeah, that's how I started studying computer science. 
and your your decision to also quit gaming was because at that time there was not enough financial stability in e-gaming um not be- not because the gaming industry was not enough it was because i was not winning enough as i was compared to when i was younger so i definitely had had to move on i had to like realize um okay this is this is the time i should do something else yeah and so, then mm, yeah indeed very very humble of you to own up that and uh, be self aware that you need to get into something else if i may right. ask you why do you think now you were not winning enough people say they quit because they get slower in reaction but i think the most for me at least the biggest reason was the mental issue i lost my first intention to it and i was not playing as serious i was not practicing enough even though i did practice a lot maybe to overconfidence also it was giving me um kind of stre- uh, stresses from oh if i don't win now what what am i going to do like i keep worrying about my future as i get older i i if i get older i know i have less chance than the younger people because i can only i mean i need to move out of my parents house i need to make money i need to i need to think about getting married i need to think about having a child some other also other factors and those things were giving me a lot of stresses because the professional gaming is not stable right if you win you make money if you lose you get nothing i understand but if you were able to go back in time how do you think now you would do things differently how would you advise people to deal with this kind of performance pressure now oh as i mentioned before i would say just like be yourself don't don't be too stressed and don't be don't think about your opponent just think about you're playing against some easy opponent just play confident right i i think that that's what i'm going to say to myself <laughs> Right. So like we said before half the game is 90% mental. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Kevin, how did the Shopify story happen? Though I did spell it out earlier, it would be nice to hear it from you. Yeah. I actually still can't believe this actually happened. Well, I was looking for an internship for summer and since I had many followers on Twitter from uh, my StarCraft 2 career, I thought about tweeting so i made a tweet but then shopify ceo toby left a um comment um hey select happy to hire you into the shopify intern program your startup accomplishments are enough of cv place is yours if you want it i mean at first i did not know he was actually a ceo i thought maybe he was one of the team managers who wants to refer me to the company so i can get an interview so i replied him hey could you give me a referral to the company or should i apply online <laughs> 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 i i know it is very funny right one of my friends the the starcraft 2 uh, friend cats he said 
hey, you dumbass, that's a CEO. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I did not know. So I, I went, went to his Twitter and realized he was a, actually a Shopify CEO. Oh, well, that was uh, actually a shocking moment and uh, a shame of myself, <laughs> not, know, not knowing who he is. Yeah, that was fun, yeah. And Toby, he used to play um, StarCraft and he used to be a big fan of StarCraft. So I think that's how he knew that I was uh, tweeting for uh, summer internship referral. Some of the Shopify workers, they um, sent me the message through uh, Twitter saying, hey, our CEO loves playing StarCraft, so you should you should apply to our company and they were uh, sending me the message i think a couple of them like three people said it um i was actually aware of it but then i did not know um it was um shopify <laughs> shopify ceo i mean it is i i still can't believe this happened <laughs> <laughs> and how was your experience at shopify um the internship hasn't started there so i don't know so much about the company yet i don't know so much to talk about it yet okay. but it's it seems like the um as i hear from other people it seems like the company has really good culture and working environment also the company respect employees a lot so they also have really good uh, work life balance and you can work you can also work anytime you want since uh, all people are, are different. Some people work, work better in the morning and some people work better in nighttime, right? Yes. However, the coolest thing is that the CEO Toby plays video game. <laughs> That's the coolest part. <laughs> and uh, we, we're going to play um, Diablo 4 together when the game come out. Oh, all right. That's already arranged. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I think this is this in itself is a very phenomenal story, the way you have been hired in their internship program. And uh, it speaks a lot about Toby and uh, his approach to life. And definitely, we all know Shopify is one of the most valued companies in the world today. And Toby is one of the most uh, influential and sought after leader with his very articulate ways of expressing things very contemporary with times i think i think toby is a real real leader of today yeah right i i i, I studied about his story too I, I i'm really impressed like how he started business and uh, the way he does things yeah yeah really really impressive yes. yeah. i was reading this book recently masters of doom master of doom Yes. Have you heard about this? No. What's it? What is it? Masters of Doom is this book about John Romero and John Carmack. And John Romero and John Carmack were the first ones, uh, almost the first ones to develop high quality video games. And Masters wow. of Doom was one of their most famous game and they made tons of money because of this. But they were so young that they couldn't sustain the friendship and they broke off. And uh, the company collapsed and now they do different things. But they were hugely successful at one point in time. Oh, I think I, I actually saw the game uh, when I was young. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. So when you were young, this game would have just probably been relieved or would have been existing just around at that time. But Romero and Carmack, I think Romero was the gamer and Carmack was the developer. Wow. You know, Romero was the guy who was gaming and who was deciding how it has to be more interactive or what the design is going to be. And Carmack was really the guy who was developing it all and who was the software behind it. And therefore, they were a a splendid team. Uh, But because they couldn't agree on how they have to grow the organization together, they split. It's a... It's a fascinating book. And particularly what I learned from that book, every time computing is evolving, a lot of that has to do because of video games. I agree, yeah. And that is what I wanted to just share with you. So maybe if you have the time, do pick up that book. Wow, I, I think I would absolutely, I will go check it out. I, 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 I agree that um, computer hardware are developing because of the games, right? Like you want to play this game, but then this game required a lot of um, computer spec, right? Then you have to upgrade. And then once you upgrade, then they if make another game. If you don't have good hardware, then you have to upgrade again, right? And yeah, it's like keep developing because it's, it's back and forth. Because hardware good enough, now they have to develop their game with a better graphic and more intense intense work for the CPU and GPU and then yeah great fantastic Kevin it has been a pleasure to speak to you I wish you lots of success in the coming times I wish mm-hmm. you a great internship at uh, Shopify and I look forward to you tweeting and sending us a lot of pics from Shopify yeah yeah thank you for inviting me i mean the questions were so interesting i had a really really great time with you thank you so much have a lovely evening thank you bye you too harsh bye bye